Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Christmas is over. I'm catching my breath. I'm thinking about 2020. Not only is it a new year, it's a new decade. And I know years are so arbitrary. At least it feels that way to me. Like, are we sure it's 2020 and other cultures? It's a totally different year. Does it make any difference? But I do feel that there's something about momentum, right? And if most of the world is celebrating this as a new decade, there's some energetic momentum in that. And I should get on board with that too. So I'm kind of zooming out this year. I'm taking that bigger view of not only, you know, my goals, but also my progress. I wonder if you guys are doing the same. Because it feels so much bigger than just a tick in numbers, right? And I remember back in 2000, when it turned to 2000, there was also that same feel of momentum and excitement and major change. And for me, at least, it turned out to be manifest. Yes, indeed. It was major change. And uh, and that decade showed me a lot of new opportunities. This past decade, from 2010 to 2020, my entire life has changed. I met my husband, married my husband, had two kids. My business grew as I hired my first employees because it was hard to work when I had kids. I needed to outsource, but I was as busy as ever. I just didn't have enough hours in the day for everyone. So it also saw me becoming an entrepreneur because until that time, I must say, even though I did it full-time and I was a solopreneur, it did feel a little bit like a hobby business. I didn't know how to maximize myself, my energy, my time, and I was constantly busy about what was I doing. Anyway, quite a decade. I wonder if you guys feel the same. And there was something I was going to say on that looking at the new decade, but I forgot. I'm so lost in nostalgia, thinking ahead. 
But I'm definitely going to be carving out some time this week to plan that bigger vision. And I've got some big things in the works, things I want to tell you about. For instance, this year in 2020, hopefully very soon, I'll be launching Affordable Interior Design TV on YouTube. I'm really excited about this opportunity because I'm going to be able to visually show you things I've been talking about on the podcast. That is the tricky thing about a podcast medium for a visual field is that I have to try and be as descriptive as possible so that in your mind's eye, you can see what I'm talking about. But as a visual learner, as somebody who's so inspired by imagery and seeing things, I can't wait for this to really expand in that way. So stay tuned. I'll be telling you more about Affordable Interior Design TV in the coming weeks. I'll be telling you where to catch it, what to look for. I'm thinking, even though it's in its nascent stages, I'm thinking it's going to be a daily show. Yeah, that's right. Every gosh darn day. But we'll see how my bandwidth is because I still got to run a business, take my design clients. I'm loving the new academy and it's where I'm channeling so much of my energy. It is my passion. But all these things really fuel each other. Each one builds upon the other to make this not only a strong company, but a thriving brand. So keep that in mind as you're planning your year. How can you think a little bit bigger? How can your dreams not only come true, but enlarge? I think they can. And, uh, and I'm hoping to inspire as well as being inspired by you. So if you have dreams you're working on, if you're having things you want to share with me, please send me an email. I'd love to hear more at info at affordableinteriordesign.com. Tell me about your next decade. Anything you'd love to share would be something I would love to share on the podcast and learn more about. So guys, don't be bashful. Don't be bashful. Reach out to me, info at affordableinteriordesign.com. All right, without further ado, mailbag time. Kara's writing in and she says, Betsy, I'm wondering about chandelier sizing. If you can't find the exact size you want, should you err on the side of a bit big or a bit smaller than the ideal? Thank you. If it's above a dining table, you want to err on the side of a little bit smaller because it could really get in people's way. It could impact their eating experience. This is a light fixture that you're actively under and it's hung a little bit lower because it's in relationship to the dining table. So it can start to obstruct some things if it is too big. If it's just in the center of a room, if it's in a foyer, if it's in a bedroom and there's nothing that it's going to obstruct because you have higher than nine feet ceilings, go for it. Something really large can be such a cool conversation piece. Now, by large, I mean wide. Again, you don't want it to start impacting you physically in terms of anyone hitting their head, but having a light fixture that's a little bit oversized in a place where it will not obstruct anything, can be such a wow. That is my advice to you, Kara. My next question is from, let's see, Susan. Susan writes, Hi Betsy, I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and I've picked up many tips during a long renovation. I'm feeling unsure about which upholstered headboard to pick out for my master bedroom. Our style is tranquil, transitional. My colors are navy, French blue, and coral. I'm very happy with the wall color, which is Nantucket Fog by Benjamin Moore. And I'm happy with my bedspread, which is navy and crisp white. I plan to get a cream or beige color, 
But when I threw beige in terms of a throw on my bed, I was not sure that that combo worked. Should I go with a light linen? How about a gray? How about a navy? The architecture is coastal, and we have a lot of high-gloss white trim. The inspiration is from the starfish art above my dresser. I think gray or navy may work, but also maybe a light linen. What are your thoughts? Where do you shop for upholstered beds? Can you talk about shapes? My husband likes the more fancy and curving-shaped headboards. Thank you, Susan. All right, Susan. Well, first of all, thank you for your question and for sending in these pictures. It's very helpful. You know, you told me your 60-30-10 was navy, French, blue, and coral. And I must say, scrolling through these pictures, I don't see any coral whatsoever. Where the heck is that 10%, Susan? This looks like the gosh darn blue room. And that's bringing me down. Blue is very tranquil. It's very coastal. But this is really a strong dose. When I worked at Tom Felicia... I would hang out with the other interns. We'd go out for drinks. We'd go out for burgers. And they knew I felt more than me because they'd been to design school. So I would pick their brain. I'd like, guys, I'm picking up this whole tab if I can ask you like 30 questions today. (laughs) I don't know if that annoyed them or not, but they kept inviting me back. So I'm going to assume it was okay. Well, something that one of the interns told me, Katie, in fact, a lot of things she told me because she was very influential. I really thought she had such a talent for design and now she's opened her own design firm and I think she's planning on opening a shop in New Jersey. Anyway, but something she told me really resonated. When in doubt, when you're just stuck as stuck can be, and you're not sure of what to do with the drapes, with the rug, in this case with the headboard, go neutral. Now you've already figured that out because you're exploring beige, you're exploring cream, and white and cream can play well together. So don't be afraid of doing cream. I think that could look really nice. Also, you know, you could add a dose of navy because there's bedding in because there's navy in the bedding. I'm not really loving that idea. Again, I'm not seeing this coral, which would really help to add a warm element to this room to freshen it a bit, and you can do it in those tiny 10% pops. So I'm not suggesting your headboard be coral. I'm not suggesting your bedding be coral, but certainly an accent pillow, uh, maybe a slight pattern in the drapes, maybe a poof. I don't know. Woof. Okay. Um, so I think cream might be the way to go. And now let's talk about the shape of the headboard. I love a camelback headboard, which does have that curve, right? The reason I love a camelback headboard is because so often in rooms, and this is not relegated to only bedrooms, but so often all these items are rectilinear. Rectilinear nightstands, rectilinear dressers, rectilinear bed, rectilinear rugs, that it really can help when a major piece like a headboard, which makes such a statement in the room, has that curve. The problem with a curved headboard is that it's hard to put artwork above that. Typically, it looks a little bit odd if you put a larger rectangular piece above a camelback headboard. So you'd go for something circular or sculptural, which is a different look and can be somewhat challenging to find. Certainly it can be challenging to find something in that way that really resonates with you that doesn't look a little bit played out, right? Those starburst mirrors are a little bit played out. And that was what people generally gravitated towards in magazines, on blogs, when they were doing the camelback headboard. So you want to find a 
interesting way to do artwork when you're working with that. Sometimes the way that I crack that nut is I do artwork above each nightstand. So that way you don't need anything above the bed and that camelback can be the statement that you're making with that fun line. More common, I find it's much easier to do a rectilinear headboard because then it's so straightforward what to do with the art and maybe you can bring artwork that has curving lines or I can see your bedding has kind of this scrolled floral pattern which can help to break up all those lines, right? I'm totally open. It's really whatever resonates with you. My favorite places to find beds, you know, you don't have to spend a lot. You can find high quality beds at lots of different websites for the highest quality. From my experience, you do want to choose something that takes a box spring it just takes more of a licking and keeps on ticking. Um, I find when I got slatted beds for my family, uh, especially for my kids, when sometimes they would jump on the bed or whatever, one of those slats breaks and it really compromises the integrity of the entire bed. So while most contemporary beds do not accommodate box spring, when my clients tell me, you know, my partner's a little bit heavier or we just want something that feels really sturdy, I'm always going for a box spring bed. I like Wayfair. Because you can modify the filters so that you can only look at beds that take box springs. I like Pottery Barn. I like Our House. These are great places to look for beds uh, that will be good quality. And hmm, you could even try Hay Needle, right? You could try Paragold if you're willing to spend a little bit more. But that's my recommendation. So Susan, I hope that helped. And thank you for your beautiful pictures. I love that trunk at the foot of your bed that has that wood inlay effect. And it looks like you have an amazing view out the French doors that are opposite the bed. Looks like there might be some some water out there, a water view. I'm totally jelly. All right, guys, maybe I need to put that on my 2020 bucket list. Get a beach house. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. All right, my next question comes from Renee. Renee writes, Betsy, I am a longtime listener of your podcast. First time writer here. Thanks for all your helpful tips each week. My home is 13 years old and it is ready for new kitchen flooring. The main level has an open floor plan, light maple hardwood floors throughout. 
As you can see, the kitchen cabinets are so are also, excuse me, light maple. So yeah, it is a wood factory. But what has made me motivated to replace it is that I spend a lot of time in the kitchen and I have found that this wood floor is a very poor choice for a kitchen. It's dinged up from dropping things and those dings are collecting dirt. Also, there's areas of water damage. I was considering tile for both better durability and to break up this all wood look. And then the sales rep at the home improvement store suggested that I look at vinyl luxury plank. This seems like a better option as it is waterproof and more resistant to scratches and damage. The tile tends to feel cold and it's hard to stand on for longer periods of time and the grout does require maintenance. So now I am considering vinyl in a tile pattern. What is your opinion on this product? Also, would you suggest a light, mid-tone, or dark shade? I live in the Pacific Northwest, and the home is a craftsman style. Thanks for your help in advance, Renee. Renee, your home, your kitchen area is a wood factory. I am going to agree with you on that. I mean, even your countertops, which of course are not wood, which appear to be some kind of stone, are brown flecked. Everything in this room looks brown except for maybe your appliances and your trash can. And then of course the fact that it's open to these other rooms that also share this kind of orangey, yellowy, light wood, maple color. And then you have a desk that's the same wood tone. Uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's really a lot. And I think it's got to stop. One of my pet peeves, this is a major pet peeve, is when people put another type of flooring that looks like wood, whether it's a wood tile or a luxury plank vinyl, and it looks like wood, has a wood grain, even though it's faux, when they put that right next to real wood or to a different wood type. Like if this this might be laminate, it might not be real wood. But anyway, we're staying open, right? In this main area but i think you mentioned it was real wood because it's the same tone throughout anyway it's a huge pet peeve of mine because they're never going to look the same and you don't want them to look too different because you know i like to keep my woods all in the same family so for me this is just a little bit all over the place right adding that luxury plank vinyl is going to compound this problem of wood overload I'm not necessarily suggesting that you paint your cabinets white, even though, boy, would that be a fresh new day, but I would be telling you to do tile on this floor. That would really help break up the brown mania. And you're saying that the grout requires constant maintenance. I have a tile floor. I don't think it takes that much maintenance. And I've been in my home for four years now, almost five. I cook every single day, uh, dinner, I mean, I guess we go out to dinner once a week. But anyway, I'm always in there, whether it's doing other people's dishes, OPD, or whether it's cooking all the meals, making all the breakfast. I spend hours in my kitchen and I don't have any problems with the tile floor. You can always get a mat or an indoor-outdoor rug that would not only add a little bit of style, but also help so that it would be of softer texture under your feet. Tile, 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 tile. Renee, that was an easy one. Hopefully I've convinced you because I think that's the hardest part of this letter is helping you to see that tile is really the answer and helping you to embrace that. You know, maybe the guy at that home improvement store had a really great special on luxury vinyl plank 
And maybe that's why he was, you know, pushing you that way. Maybe he gets a bigger commission off of that or something. But for my money, no way, ma'am. Tile, tile, tile. The installation might be a little bit more expensive, but the final product will be worth it. It will do a lot for this home. Okay, my next question comes from someone who didn't leave their name, which is totally fine. This could be anonymous, but they did give me their email. So I'm just going to do the first part of their email. I'm going to call them Bridal Corner. So this lady is Bridal Corner, or could be a man. I don't know. Let's see if she uses any pronouns in here. Well, we'll keep it open. She writes, hello, Betsy. I listen, learn, and love your programs, your podcast, as well as your books and all your VIP episodes. They are fantastic. I know you have mentioned this answer before at some point, but my brain is a bowl of spaghetti. My master bedroom has been repainted and it has new gray plank style flooring. All was designed per your suggestions on color and layout and I love it. Here's the question. My nightstands are matching. The lamps are a pair as well. This is a big no-no, I know. But I was thinking of either painting one of the nightstands, you've mentioned different stands with matching lamps or vice versa. I don't mind painting a nightstand. Is that enough of a change? Or ordering a new lamp? Because we don't want a matched look. Can I paint the nightstand a dark color on top? Or does it, do I need to paint the whole nightstand? If I purchased one new lamp, does it have to be the same color, shade, as the opposite lamp? LOL, what would Betsy do? That is what my husband says. What would she do? Oh, this is from Jan in Utah. There's your name, Jan. P.S. The lamps are as tall as the nightstand. Yeah. Well, good for you, Jan. You have been listening. But I want you to know, you know, I've been podcasting for what, four years now? Going on five? Can you believe it'll be four? five years in March. Oh my gosh. Time flies when you're having fun, people. But as I've been podcasting over the years, my ideas have been evolving over the years. I used to be anti-pattern sheets. Now I love them and have them in every room in my home. I also have white sheets for my master and I do really feel excited when I get those on. So a little piece of me still loves those, but I'm no longer anti-pattern sheets. I'm no longer anti, oh, well, you've heard me kind of evolve on my 60-30-10. I'm fine, especially when working with clients with just a 60-30. There's lots of evolution in my ideas and thinking as I work with new clients, as the trends evolve, as I develop as a designer, because even though I've been doing this for 15 years, yes, in 2020, it will be 15 years that I've owned my business and I will have been designing for 17, if you can believe it. I can't believe it. But anyway, so my ideas have evolved. I must tell you, for 90% of my clients, including myself, I do matching nightstands and matching lamps. Unless they have a very eclectic point of view, unless they already have some nightstands that they want to use, there's just enough to deal with because I don't like matching dressers. So there's just enough to deal with managing those other elements that I find adding disparate nightstands to the equation makes things feel a little bit frenetic for me as a designer, but also sometimes with the look, because you know I also don't want the nightstands to match any of the dressers. So I've got a lot of complicated case goods in here. You know also, Jan, hopefully you've been listening with an open mind because it sounds like you've been hearing what you want to hear, Betsy Smackdown. I don't like people painting their furniture. You really have to do a good job. You have to sand. You have to put it in a nice 
open space where like hair won't fall in it, leaves won't fall in it, dust won't fall in it as the paint is drying. You really want to get that nice even coat. It's more challenging than people think and most people have nightstands that have drawers which adds an extra element of complication. If the paint gets too thick, maybe the drawer will stick. Oh my gosh, Jan, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I'm not opposed to the nightstand staying the same. To the lamps matching each other, even though, of course, they'll be a different texture than the nightstands, of course. But then add fresh takes with artwork, with bedding, with throw pillows to break it up. Add a rug that has a pattern, and that will be enough visual stimulation that you don't have to complicate your lives by trying to figure out this nightstand. So don't pay attention to what I mentioned in 2016. I'm evolving. We're all evolving. And I think, unless you can quote me on a specific episode, I think I've always sort of been okay with this. Uh, let me know if I if I'm misremembering that. All right, Jan. Well, I hope that that has decreased your workload for the upcoming year. I just crossed something off your to-do list. Don't sweat the small stuff. Certainly don't sweat your matching nightstands. Don't sweat your matching lamps. And move on to the bigger fish that you need to fry. All right, guys, happy, happy, happiest of New Year's. Say stay, stay safe and warm and grateful. And I will catch you in 2020. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.